Syria making preparations for war with Israel. Hamas takeover of Gaza complete. Ehud Barak, the former Prime Minister of Israel, who offered to give the West Bank to Arafat, wins the Labour primary election and is sworn in as Minister of Defense in Israel. Gay Pride Parade to go ahead in Jerusalem. Mr. Putin asserts his place in the world. European Union governments agree on constitutional treaty. Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. We begin with a headline in the Arab media claiming that Syria is making preparations for war with Israel. Arat Sheva stated the following. A Qatari newspaper reported Friday that Syria is making concrete preparations for war with Israel, saying that the Syrian government has removed the government and state archives from the Damascus area. According to the paper, this move indicates preparations for war. Syrian parliament member Mohammed Habash confirmed on Al Jazeera Arabic World News Satellite TV last week that Syria is indeed engaged in preparations for war with Israel. The conflict, said the Syrian MP, is expected to break out during the summer months. Arat Sheva confirmed these reports were backed up by the head of Mossad, Israel's international intelligence agency, Mir Degan, who warned that Syrian President Assad was putting up smoke screens by claiming he wants to open peace talks with the Jewish state. Furthermore, the IDF Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Gabi Ashkenazi, has also raised the issue numerous times. The IDF is preparing for an escalation on both the Palestinian and northern fronts. This reminds us of the biblical phrase that describes the time when kings go forth to battle. Will there be war this summer? That we do not know. Syria has twice before been goaded into war with Israel by Russian influences behind the scenes. Syria's hostility with Israel goes back a long time before that. In 2 Samuel 8 verses 5 to 7 we read that David slew of the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus and the Syrians became servants of David and brought gifts and the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. Will God preserve Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Omrit? Hardly likely on account of any account of his own. How can a man who supports gay rights parades through the city of Jerusalem, where God has chosen to set his holy name, expect to be preserved by God? It is interesting to read the record of 1 Kings 14, verses 21 to 25, where Rehoboam, Solomon's son, reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. We read that during his reign, Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to je jealousy with their sins, which they had committed, above all that their fathers had done, for that they built them high places and images and groves on every hill and under every green tree. And there were also Sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Ehud Omlet's own daughter openly confesses to being gay. Indeed, the Sodomites are in the land. It is interesting that the next verse in this chapter records the invasion of Israel by her enemies. Well, how long will Omelette hang on? We do not know. However, the Bible tells us in the days of Jothan, king of Israel, the Lord began to send against Judah Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, 2 Kings 15.37. Is God stirring up the Syrians again to snap Israel to attention? Who will Israel look for for their deliverance? Well, this week, Omler was back in America meeting with George Bush. 
Israel is putting their trust in the king of the south, a power who will not deliver protection to Israel when it needs it. Ezekiel 38 and Daniel 11 show that although America and her allies will have a military presence in the Middle East at the time of the end, they will not be able to protect Israel. America is like Egypt of old, whom Rabshakeh correctly said in 2 Kings 18 verse 21, Now behold, why trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it? So is Pharaoh king of Egypt unto all them that trust in him. So is the president of the United States unto all that trust in him. America has a biblical role to play, but Israel needs to put their trust in the Lord God of Israel who delivered Hezekiah from the king of Assyria. Perhaps if Omer broke up the houses of the Sodomites as kings Asa and Josiah did and put his trust in the Almighty, God would preserve him. A very unlikely possibility for this corrupt politician. While problems continue for the Palestinians, Time magazine reported on June 19th the catchphrase for the Bush administration's attempt to exploit the new Hamas-Abbas divide is West Bank First. The idea is to provide economic and diplomatic support to the emergency government Abbas has installed in the West Bank while isolating Hamas in Gaza. It is the inverse version of the Gaza-first approach previously advocated by moderate Israelis and briefly by Secretary of State Colin Powell during his ill-fated shuttle diplomacy to the region during Bush's first term. However, the article continues, Abbas may want honest peace with Israel, but he doesn't control even the ministries in the Palestinian Authority, let alone the Fatah movement as a whole. Those ministries were much, where much of the U.S. aid will end up remain corrupt, self-serving fiefdoms disciplined to pass benefits onto the Palestinian people. The Palestinian Authority, including the West Bank ministries and Fatah, are more corrupt and more fractured now than when Arafat ruled. In essence, the U.S. risks funding the very groups that has driven frustrated Palestinians into the arms of Hamas to begin with. The focus is being redirected from Gaza to the mountains of Israel where Gog will come down and the great conflagration of Ezekiel chapter 38 will take place. We watch these events with interest. Meanwhile, in Russia, The Economist reported on June 14th in an article entitled Strategic Surprise, the riddle of Russia's offer to help defend Europe from missiles, that Russian president surprised Group 8 leaders on June 4th with a proposal to end the row over missile defenses in Europe. Instead of building a new radar in the Czech Republic, America could share data from the Gabala radar that Russia leases from Azerbaijan. Mr. Putin said this would offer a better protection from Iranian missiles and that Russia would no longer have to aim its warheads at Europe, as he had threatened. Well, this is an interesting proposition, considering the alliance between Iran and Russia outlined in the Bible. Where does Iran get its missile technology from? Why, from Russia, of course. A political cartoon in the June 14th edition of the Daily Telegraph reminded us of the connection between Hezbollah, Hamas, and Iran, It's visible on the Bible in the News webpage. The only thing missing from the picture is the puppet strings to Russia. Russia continues to rise in influence as The Economist reported on June 14th in an article entitled Chilling Time, Vladimir Putin Asserts His Country's Place in the World. 
The article stated, Arriving fresh from the Group 8 summit, Mr. Putin asserted his place in the world and wrote off existing global organizations as archaic, undemocratic, and unwieldy. The world is changing before our eyes, he said. Countries that seemed hopelessly backward only yesterday are becoming the world's fastest growing economies today. Russia no longer wanted simply to be part of the world's outdated architecture, but to change it, Putin said. Russia's turning back is over, and it is looking to change the world. The changes it will implement are laid out for us in Ezekiel chapter 38. Finally, in Europe, we read that the European Union governments agreed to a constitutional treaty. Again, the Economist reported on June 19th, European leaders will meet in Brussels on June 21st and 22nd to salvage what they can of the text. Their aim is to rescue whatever they can, that whatever they think is most useful, notably elements that make for greater institutional coherence and fairer decision-making in a club that has now grown to 27 members. The European leaders agreed that the new replacement treaty should be ratified by national parliaments, avoiding any more pesky referendums. All know that some referendums would be lost, certainly in Britain and perhaps in the Netherlands too. Because so many countries promised to hold referendums on the Constitution, breaking these promises requires them to be able to argue convincingly that the new, any new treaty is a different, more modest beast, and that means ditching the parts of the old text that are, no, that are not strictly needed or that overtly provoke voters. Europe continues to amalgamate, and its member nations find ways to have one mind and give their power and strength unto the beast. Revelation 17, verse 13. It is out of the mouth of this European beast, along with the Russian dragon and the papal false prophet, that the cry will go out to make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Revelation 17, verse 14. As we sit on the edge of our seats, watching Bible prophecy unfold before our eyes in the news, let us make every effort to ensure that we are faithful to the call so that we might be chosen in the day of Christ's return by His grace. Tune in next week as we watch with excitement the Bible in the news. This has been Jonathan Bowen reporting.